0: But a lot of people don't even know that they, the migrant workers exist or the problems that they face.
1: Welcome to nonprofit voices brought to you by the Michigan nonprofit relief fund, a $32.5 million grant program to support small nonprofits with less than 1 million in annual revenue that incurred demonstrable expenses or losses after March 3rd, 2021, after the pandemic. If that's you, apply. The link is in the description. This series is a short talk with the leaders of Michigan's nonprofit community, hence Nonprofit Voices. I'm your host, Shannon Kaysen. I'm a storyteller and podcaster, but this episode is not about me. Today's episode is about
0: I'm Mary Bennett. I'm the CFO at Migrant Legal Aid, and we are impacting the lives of migrant farm workers on a day-to-day basis by going out to their sites where they're living, um, educating them about their rights, and making sure that they have what they need to be successful in their pursuit of their dreams.
1: In March 2020, the world seemingly came to a halt for most. However, many people couldn't stop. Our healthcare staff, our supermarket workers, our workers in critical trades that make society bearable. Nonprofit organizations didn't stop as well. The work and mission didn't end. It heightened. And many people at nonprofits had to make a decision between safety and mission. Mary Bennett shares what migrant legal aid experienced during those moments.
0: Yeah. So we had laid out our plans for the summer. We had hired our interns. We had, you know, done all the things that we usually do in the winter and springtime, prepared all of our materials to be handed out. And then everything hit. And in a day we had to totally flip how we were going to operate. And we realized very quickly that the migrant farm workers were one of the forgotten groups of people when the government was responding to who needed what. And a lot of the agencies that were doing outreach alongside of us stopped doing outreach. So as far as we know, we were one of the only agencies that went out We figured out a safe way to continue to do our outreach throughout COVID. And we distributed masks and hand sanitizer and um, educational material. We worked in um, with healthcare people in clinics to get migrant farm workers vaccinated. There were a lot of things that we were involved in because we realized, like I said, that they were a forgotten people. And... The workers that they or the employers, a lot of them were like, we're just going to keep things going because we need to keep things going, irregardless of whether someone comes down with COVID, we're still going to let them come to work. And so we were dealing with that. We have several people who's who passed from COVID because of that, because the employers were still saying you need to work. And they weren't putting the safety protocols necessarily in place. But we continued to do our normal work, sometimes double masking if we were going out to housing sites where we knew there was COVID present. A lot of the migrant farm workers are afraid to report being sick. And so just this last year, we got a call from a a COVID line. It was in northern a little bit north of us. And they had gotten a call from a farm worker who was ill, thought he had COVID, but he was afraid to do anything medically because he was afraid he would lose his job. So they reached out to us. We rushed out there to the housing site, talked to him. He allowed us to call 911. We got an ambulance out there. They determined that it was COVID, but the reason he was having so much trouble breathing was because because he was having a panic attack due to being afraid he was going to lose his job. So once we calmed him down, the paramedics said he didn't need to be transported. And so we continually checked on him by phone over the next few days, and then over the next few weeks would, you know, go back and visit.
1: The Nonprofit Relief Fund offers grants to nonprofit organizations that experienced expenses due to the pandemic. And nonprofits are coming together to help each other as well.
0: It is a great a great program and I'm excited about it. We've applied as an organization. I'm going to be reviewing grant applications cuz I'm a advisory hub member. So I think it's it's good in a number of ways. It gives allows Michigan Nonprofit Association to give money to struggling nonprofits, but it also opens up collaboration between nonprofits that maybe didn't know each other existed and gives us opportunity to collaborate and work together on projects.
1: The clock is ticking and we don't want you to miss out on access to free funding specifically for Michigan nonprofits from the Michigan Nonprofit Relief Fund. Grants ranging from $5,000 to $25,000 are available right now for Michigan nonprofits with annual revenue less than $1 million. Time is running out to apply. The application closes on May 5, 2023. If you're unsure about how to fill out the application, don't worry. Michigan Nonprofit Association has representatives on hand to answer your questions and help guide you through the process. So sign up for the free virtual office hours today. The link is in the description. And apply for the Michigan Nonprofit Relief Fund at minonprofitrelief.org. Let's get back to Mary and the people at Migrant Legal Aid who protect the rights of migrant workers and so much
0: more. We exist to protect the health, dignity, and livelihood of migrant and seasonal farm workers in Michigan. So we do legal work, but we also do a lot of social work related to health and living conditions and that type of thing. So it's not just specifically legal work that we do.
1: Migrant Legal Aid is based in Grand Rapids, the second largest city in Michigan. Mary shares more about Grand Rapids and the migrant worker communities that are hidden in plain sight.
0: Yeah, so we are close to downtown. Our office is close to downtown and we moved here specifically so that if clients needed to get to our office, they could take public transportation. But most of the time we go to our clients. They don't have the time or the transportation to come to us, so we go out to them. There's a lot of farms and growers around the Grand Rapids area, but a lot of people in Grand Rapids don't necessarily know that there are migrant workers around. I was one of those people. I lived in Grand Rapids for years. And until I started working here, didn't realize that those white buses with you know, a name on them, carried migrant workers to and from work every day. So it's kind of a hidden thing in this area that once people are aware of it, they wanna know more, but a lot of people don't even know that they, the migrant workers exist or the problems that they face. Just traditionally where they live are very rural, isolated areas. So people aren't traveling by their housing. Um, A lot of times their housing is back behind fields, so you wouldn't necessarily notice it unless you're looking for it.
1: In many ways, Mary's personal and professional role led her towards the work she's doing right now.
0: Yeah, I was uh, born here in Grand Rapids, but I was raised in Puerto Rico. Um, My parents were missionaries there, and... So I speak Spanish fluently, even though I'm gray blonde (laughs) and no one expects that I speak Spanish (laughs) when they first see me. So I was looking for something that I've always worked in the nonprofit world, but I was looking for somewhere where I could use my Spanish and where I could make a difference in people's lives. And this ended up being a great fit. I've been here almost five years now. For this job in particular, it was a time of my life where I just decided I want to not only work at a nonprofit, but I want to work at a nonprofit that touches the most vulnerable that are out there and that other people don't even know exists sometimes. But before that, it was more of I had been led through all my growing up years as being someone who wanted to serve others.
1: Migrant Legal Aid approaches their mission in three specific ways.
0: So we want to protect the health, dignity, and livelihood of migrant farm workers. So those are three areas that where we have different programming. So the health, we deal a lot with pesticide exposure, heat stress, um, different diseases that are specific or more prevalent in the migrant community. With their dignity, we have a program called Defending Against Hate, which not only helps victims of crimes that are who are migrant farm workers, but it also teaches the community about migrant farm workers and the respect that they deserve. And why they act the way they do it's kind of like a cultural competency training and then their livelihood we do a lot of wage cases many of them have wages stolen from them by their employers so we do class action lawsuits to regain their stolen wages we do breach of contract labor trafficking work so there's a large variety of things that fit into that those three areas
1: Migrant Legal Aid is working on multiple cases to protect migrant workers' rights. Recently, many of these cases have set an important precedent.
0: I think the labor trafficking case is a big one right now for us. As well as in the last year, year and a half, we've had two convictions on hate crimes against migrant workers and where the people who did the crimes are actually, actually did time or are doing time. That has not happened in the past. They were always let off or we, the prosecutors wouldn't even bring the cases. And we now have two, one in Ottawa County and one in Nuego County where the offender did time for the crime that they committed. So that's exciting for us because it shows that we're making progress in showing that there are hate crimes that are done against this population.
1: For the staff at nonprofits, many times the work is physical and mental and it's emotional as well. Migrant Legal Aid finds themselves doing so much more than legal work to protect the vulnerable migrant worker communities.
0: One that affected me deeply happened right after I started and it was a female migrant worker who was in a vehicle with a gentleman who was threatening to kill her. And she ended up jumping out of the vehicle as it was moving down the road and landed on the road. Fortunately, there were people around that saw that happen. And so when the abuser came back to her and said, you know, tried to convince the people around to let her back in the vehicle, they would not allow that. She ended up in the hospital and nobody could understand her. And the social worker at the hospital couldn't find anyone who could help until she reached out to our organization. And our executive director went out there immediately, figured out that the woman was speaking an indigenous language because she had a brain injury. So Spanish was her second language. With the brain injury, she reverted back to her native tongue. And we were able to get her to a shelter and take her through the visa process to legalize her. She's currently waiting. We've done everything we can up to this point. Now we're just waiting on the government for her to get her visa. But she is in a more stable position now, is safe. And that that one just really stuck with me.
1: One word that continued to be mentioned about the work at Migrant Legal Aid is the word dignity. Mary gives insight into the importance of dignity.
0: We want to make sure that um, our clients know that they are important, respected, cared for. We want to make sure that they know what their rights are so that they can pursue what they need to pursue. We want to accept their decision on whether they're going to move forward on a case or not. We don't push them to do. We recognize that we need to follow their lead and not the other way around. And we want them to know how important we know they are to Michigan, to us, as we kind of become like family with our clients because they are with us over the long haul.
1: To find out more about Mary Bennett, in the work at Migrant Legal Aid, contact them at migrantlegalaid.org. If you are a Michigan nonprofit organization, apply for the Michigan Nonprofit Relief Fund. This is a thirty-two point five million dollar grant program to support small nonprofits with less than one million dollars in annual revenue that incurred demonstrable expenses or losses. After March third, 2021, due to the pandemic, the Michigan Nonprofit Relief Fund is being administered by the Michigan Nonprofit Association MA, and the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity (LEO). Nonprofits do not have to be a member of MNA to apply for or receive grant funding, and the application will close on Friday, May fifth, 2023, at 11:59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you need help with the process, sign up for the free virtual office hours today. The link is in the description. And to access the application, go to nonprofitrelief.org and look for the banner that says Michigan Nonprofit Relief Fund. And make sure you subscribe for more Michigan Nonprofit Voices podcasts. I'm Shannon Kasen. Talk to you soon.